Good morning and welcome back to Sinister Sunrise. I'm Erin. I'm Sarah. I'm Morgan. And I dress like a Sh- uh, Shrek character this week. What did you guys do? <laughs> I think it's it's like we have similar oh, friends or something. Wait. To be fair, you picked the cutest Shrek character to be. Okay. She was paws or she was puss in boots. Paws and boots. <laughs> she was paws and boots. Pause meow, the meow. episode. She was puss and boots. Meow meow. Yeah. Yeah, you were the cutest. Uh, I wore there. a nightgown and a sleep hat like the wolf. And that was cute. <laughs> And then there, and then there was me. <laughs> you were the sexy one, if I have to be honest. Listen, I picked like a so very minor, of- minor character, <laughs> and I was the ugly stepsister, Doris. She like owns the poison apple, and she's like, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, baby, what's up? You know that one. She, she even drew ass, on. Though. Yeah, you even drew on the beauty mark. You went all out. <laughs> I had the lip line. I tried, man. I tried. I couldn't get the brows right. I had to get the lips right and the beauty marks. So, And if you listeners play your cards right, you may see a photo. <laughs> Great. <laughs> eh, eh, eh. No one's going to stop me. And I think we need to explain why we dressed up as Shrek characters. I don't characters. think so. Not because, oh. well, true. You can kind of figure it out. Um, not just because we love all of the movies, but one of our friends had a Shrek-themed party. Not and true. yes- our friend is 20 years old, so is in her 20s. We woke up, and we didn't even talk to each other, and we said, let's Correct. go brunch. Because mm-hmm. Morgan's like, I want a bloody. And mm-hmm. then Aaron said, we're bloody buddies. And I said, well, get out of here. That's gross, first of all. And <laughs> yeah. um, and then we just showed up. And like, what are the odds? Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to like totally go against you, Sarah, but um, it is true. It was a birthday, but I will say every <laughs> every single person that I told, I was like, yeah, I'm going to a Shrek-themed birthday party. They're like, how old is the child? And I'm like, yeah. she's turning 26. <laughs> okay, the amount of times I have bought like decorations and stuff at the dollar store for our parties and the amount of times the checker outer people, whoa, cash cashiers. Have asked me, um, I had a few drinks earlier, have asked me how old my child is. <laughs> Especially now that I have a ring. They're like, oh my God, how cute. Like, how old is her? How old is she? And I'm like, like, she is 27 years old. <laughs> yeah. Duh. I'm like, oh, are you a teacher? And I'm like, can you just check me out? Because this isn't going to get any better. Like, just let me Maybe know. it's because you call them checker outers, Sarah. Maybe that's why they're all up in your business. <laughs> <laughs> My English ain't so good. Leave me be. Should we be honest, friends? I think we should. Squad, uh, squad listeners, it is very late at night for uh, Grandma Morgan to be recording. We Sorry. Pulled... No, it's not, it, it's not anybody's fault. It's just excuse everyone's brain cells today. Thank you, because it's literally 45 minutes until my head usually hits a pillow. So, you guys, <laughs> brace yourself for this wild ride but that maybe sure we're about to go on. But maybe your brain isn't working so good either because you're just waking up with us. Huh? Oh. That's that's why we're doing it, to get in yeah. your mindset. See the sacrifices we do for you? Mm-hmm. We have to had <laughs> coffee. Okay. We have yeah. – Sarah's had a couple glasses of whatever. I've had water. So, we're in it. We're in it. For you. We sacrifice. Yes. Mm. <laughs> and there we go. And you may hear the occasional firework because mm-hmm. it is almost July. So apologize if you hear that. 
But anyways, um, should I introduce our group topic or does someone want to introduce what our sort of topic is for this episode? I believe in you, glue girl. Yeah, you're the glue. Go, go. I just didn't want to do an accent, but I can try. All right, guys. Picture it. Well, because our... No, no, no. Show me your accent. Don't even explain it. Don't even explain it. No, just just go. Just go. Because our group topic is Transylvania. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I tried to make a good, like, Dracula. I like the hand motions with it. I have never... Yeah, you guys can't see... But she is pulling us into her web right now with her spider hands. I have never, ever seen Aaron, like, do that or do an accent. Even attempt an accent? No. It's very late at night for me. (laughs) Welcome, Aaron. Welcome to the layer of accents. It was a good one to start with and very good. Very good. Golf clap. Golf clap. Yeah. Golf claps. Or snaps. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, guys. That's why I was like, does anyone else... Want to introduce the topic? Hell no, and miss out on that? No, no. From now on, if there's an accent, can we just make Aaron do it first? No. (laughs) Two against one. (laughs) We voted, and fuck off. You got to do it. (laughs) Well, anyways, (laughs) I'm not going to be doing that. But Sarah, I think you are starting us off on this group episode with your topic. My topic is accents and regional accents. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to use Aaron, actually, if you don't mind, Aaron. Mm-mm. Please step to the front and use the microphone because I need you to practice. Okay, so first we're going to roll. No, we're not doing that. So our topic this week is Transylvania, just like Aaron said. Yay! <laughs> um, and me and Aaron, we kind of teamed up a little bit. I know Morgan's topic is still Transylvanian, mm-hmm. but... Um, Literally, me and Aaron's story is in the same family. So I'm ruining the surprise, but here we are. You're listening. We are the surprise. <laughs> um, so do you guys know where Transylvania is? Listen, during my research, I tried to avoid all things that you guys kind of mentioned you may <laughs> talk about. So I mm-hmm. know negative 10 things and I know one thing, which is my topic. So yeah. I don't know anything. Teach me, please. Okay. So it's described on Wikipedia. Yes. Oh, shoot. Okay. I know I used Wikipedia and I used Encyclopedia Britannica.com and one more, but I forgot, but I will put that in the show notes. Um, so described on Wikipedia as one of my sources as a historical region in central and northwestern Romania. So I don't know about you guys. But I can't just point to a map and tell you where Romania is. Um, And if you can, Mm -hmm. okay, cool. Listeners, if you can, congrats. We're not cut from the same cloth, though. So you can stop (laughs) listening for a couple seconds because I'm going to explain where it is. Um, And if you're like me, then you're welcome. (laughs) Let's go. So get on your imaginary planes. And for the love of God, I spelled planes like the plane. Never mind. I spelled the wrong planes. Scratch that. That's not important. (laughs) Get on our imaginary planes. We're going to go to Europe. Ah, How exciting. (laughs) Oh, do you see the Eiffel Tower? Look at it. It's right there below us. Oh, wow. If if yes, keep flying. You're not even to Romania yet. So Romania, I know you're shocked. It's nestled east of France, not west, that is east with an E, um, and below Poland and the Ukraine, and then right above Greece. So cool. We have found Romania. Um, Transylvania was the central, like, northwestern part of Romania. 
So basically, it's a cool version of the Midwest, like it's flyover country, but with a way cooler and more eerie background with castles. Yes. Yes. I mean, people have been inhabiting Transylvania since the second century BCE. It's changed. Yeah. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, man, isn't that crazy, man? Like, man, that's Um, a really long time, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. They're probably rolling over in their Dracula graves. Um, It's changed ownership a bunch of times, starting with the... Decayan kingdom in the second century then the romans took it just like they took everything else um and then in the 11th century aka before even even knew anyone even knew america was here um it came under hungarian control and it was also a principality of the ottoman empire because basically my whole piece today just so you know um aaron's gonna cover vlad the impaler or vlad tepe is that his (laughs) yes So I kind of wanted to give you guys a little background and also just kind of show you the chaos that he was born into. Like, yes, he was sinister, but I'm pretty sure everything before 2020 was sinister times. Like, yeah, the 1400s weren't a good time or anything before then. No. So I was trying to look up because I'm also really bad, A, at geography, B, at spelling, apparently, and C, at like understanding what's going on in the world at the same time. Like, it's really hard for me to figure Mm -hmm. out like wow, this happened, but also this happened. So in the 1400s, which is what we're talking about today, um, like the Crusades were still happening. They weren't in the height of it, but it was still like kind of coming to a close. Mm -hmm. So religion was a huge freaking deal, man. I'm just going to go with this the whole time. Man, it's cool. So (laughs) Hungary, they were hardcore Christianity. And then the Ottomans, they were more like the Islamic um, religions. And neither one could deal with the other because they were right. <laughs> Sound familiar? So do you guys know anything about the Ottomans? And please don't say the thing you put in front of your chairs. <laughs> uh, I know that I've heard that word in a Ooh. civics class in 6th, oh. 7th, 8th, 9th grade. All and the grades or just one of those? <laughs> I, I was thinking in my head and I was like, wait, I wasn't in middle school. No, it was probably freshman year of high school. And it was like the Ottoman Empire. And your girl doesn't remember a single thing about it. Check. <laughs> okay. I just know that the Ottoman Empire and the Hungarian forces didn't like each other very much. And Mm-mm. clashed. Okay, Aaron, way to make me look like a dumbass. So, Morgan, I also did research on this not too long ago, so <laughs> that's a factor. <sighs> Take a drink, right, Morgan. Right. Take a drink. <laughs> okay, so I promise it gets interesting, but yet again, just hang with me for a second because the history is relevant. So the Ottoman Empire, it was created by Turkish tribes in ancient Asia. Yes, you heard it right, tribes. I don't even know if you can consider towns back then towns because they were not, they're not even like rural towns now. It just... It's unfathomable. I would have mm-hmm. died on the Oregon Trail. I would not even open my eyes in this time zone. There's no way. So, so yes, they started as Turkish tribes in ancient Asia, and now they're referred to as the Ottoman Empire because it grew to be one of the most powerful states in the world during the 15th and 16th centuries. I mean, they held power over almost all of Southeastern Europe, the Middle East, 
and even parts of Africa. So they were an empire and they were rolling in the power and the cash, mama. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I, I don't remember anything about the Ottoman Empire besides the words. Like when I was reading it, mm-hmm. I realized, I don't know, I felt like um, Pocahontas was talking to John Smith and she's like, you don't even know what you don't know. Like, <laughs> how can you know so little? Um, yeah, like I didn't know it started out of Turkey. I thought Ottoman was its own thing, but it's not. I also thought that Paris was in the Canadian region until I was way too old. You're saying a lot of things that my, I'm, yep. Guys, I don't know how I passed any of my history or six classes. <laughs> the thing is, I tell people how much oh. I love history. And then I read this stuff and I'm like, wow, do I love it or do I just love the idea of loving it? I don't know. All I learned is, <laughs> what I learned in boating school is, um, <laughs> How to recite the preamble, but that was thanks to Schoolhouse Rock, not school. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my God. Let's make a Schoolhouse Rock about Transylvania. Aaron's in the background going like, Transylvania, Transylvania. Oh, we're going to put her in a cape for sure. We Uh, the people. You know she already has one from her Puss in Boots costume. (laughs) (laughs) But cool. We said Transylvania. I'm going to use that. So the empire... (laughs) Ottoman Empire, that is, held power over Transylvania, like I said, the place of vampires, or at least the place of the Dracul family. Um, the Dracul? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not like so cool, he's Dracul. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> I just like made cool that up. And drool at the same time. <laughs> drool. Quit trying to make drool happen. Okay, <laughs> so the patriarch of the Dracul family was also named Vlad. So I thought of a couple of nicknames for him. Ooh. Um, we could do Daddy Vladdy, Big Bad <laughs> Vlad, the dad. Um, just kidding, because Clavin cringed at all of those, and he said I should call him <laughs> Vlad Senior. So oh. there we go. Nah. Okay. Some bullshit. <laughs> Maybe we'll switch it out. We'll see. So Vlad Senior was actually Vlad the Second. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And his son was Vlad Tepe or Vlad the Impaler, but I would not call him that to his face. I don't think he liked it. Aaron, you can... I mean, it's not like we knew him, I guess. But interview with a real vampire. (laughs) (laughs) God. Okay. So Vlad Sr., that's what we've landed on. He was the... He was an illegitimate child of the ruler of Wallachia, which it was part of Transylvania or like right outside of it. They were close. If they weren't the same, they were really close. Mm Mm-hmm. Aaron, do you know for a fact, as I'm talking about geography, was it right in Transylvania or right outside Transylvania? No, no, no. no, It wasn't in Transylvania. Okay. It was different. Yeah. So we kind of picked, we picked around the area, I realized, but it doesn't matter. We can do whatever we want. This is our Guys, the whole place is encapsulated (laughs) by this one being, so we're Gucci. It's, It's all good. Also... It's a historical region, so I don't know about you, but I don't know where the lines really start and stop. So I'm saying Wallachia was in Transylvania. But if you ever use this as a source, don't, because it definitely was not in Transylvania. (laughs) But for the reason of my story and the assignment, it is. So he was the illegitimate child, um, which you would think would trip him up from being in pursuit of the throne, but not really. In Romanian custom at this time, which I found really interesting, it allowed for rulers to have concubines. So being a bastard really had little effect on ruling a country. So hmm. Daddy Vladdy or Vlad Sr., if that's what we're going to go with, 
he was the son of this guy named Merka, Merkia. And out of all the sons that this man had, only one of them was conceived in the marriage bed. And I stole Damn. that quote straight from historypress.co, by the way. I liked it, but later I didn't list all of his sons because whenever Vlad takes power, well, hold on, I'll just get to it. He had a lot of sons, guys. Only one was quote unquote legitimate. Damn. So it didn't stop him from eventually gaining power, but it did create a small speed bump. Obviously, that one son that was legitimate had first dibs on the crown. <laughs> Tool. His name was Mihail. Mihail ruled alongside his father, and that is Marcia. Marcia. Okay. I, I think it's Marcia. Marcia. No, that sounds better. Um, in the early 1400s, and then another bastard son of. I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. If that's supposed to, I didn't think about that, but I'm not saying it like that. It just he wasn't quote unquote born from the princess of Wallachia. He was born from a concubine that was very legal. Totally I'm just saying that so you okay, just so everyone knows. Um, so yes, he dies, and then another son who was illegitimate ruled Wallachia from. 1431 to 1436. See, doesn't matter who you're born from. Um, Vlad Sr. spent most of his childhood in the court of Luxembourg, probably as a hostage, um, but good came out of it. This is where he became inducted into the Order of the Dragon, hence why his name Ooh. Vlad II Dracul. Mm-hmm. In the Order of... Yas, yas. The Order of the Dragon was in... <laughs> as I put, incented. It was invented by the king of luxembourg and it was a quote unquote chivalric order for high higher nobility and monarchs so basically it was an old school fraternity um and when i was researching this i stumbled upon this article that exposed that being a monarch at this time was tricky so you had alliances but those were easily broken even ones by marriage because everyone was marrying each other so like morgan you could be a best friend and bargo person today but if it's adv- like advantageous for you to do something else, screw it. We're cutting ties. So to put it into like Morgan and not scientific perspective, it's kind of mm-hmm. like the Game of Thrones. Ab- absolutely, actually. All right, cool. I just needed to relate it to something. Cool. Yeah. Well, they went through this whole big thing. Like, I don't even know if I wrote about this. Maybe I did. I call I being care. Khaleesi. Going- <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. She was a goodie. I call being Egret because she got Jon Snow. Um, <laughs> Spoiler. He knew something. <laughs> so, so it's really crazy. So at this time, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it, but the Ottomans and basically like even the like Vlad's family, every son of a ruler had an equal chance at being the next ruler. And you had to fight off and kill basically all your other brothers or flee if you want to know part of it. But that didn't mean you were going to live. They could hunt you down and kill you. So Ooh. like even your own blood relatives weren't going to be your allies because you could be potentially fighting for the same crown. Whoa. So it kind of makes sense that like people were making their own order of the dragon. Like they're basically being like, please be my friend. Like, please stay loyal to me. Protect me. Be my freaking bro, bro. Like whatever I got to do. My not so, real bro, because I'm going to go kill him, but like my, my yes. bro. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. So 
um, the Order of the Dragon, there were similar ones created in other places, but it also solidified the fact that Vlad was supposed to be a Christian because the Order of the Dragon came from Luxembourg and they were Hungarians. So they were very hardcore Christians. Oof. So the court of Luxembourg, I guess they really liked Vlad Sr. or they liked him as an ally. I don't know, but they recognized him as the lawful ruler of Wallachia and kind of backed his claim. So they set up Papa Vlad in a nearby city to Wallachia, well, Wallachia, and waited. When Vlad's half-brother died in 1436, a few rulers after that legitimate heir, Vlad seized power. And also, he was not the first, second, or third illegitimate son to do this. Like, every couple years, it seemed like a new guy was taking power. Like, can you imagine your whole life gets, like, uprooted every two years? Hell no. Like, wouldn't happen. Oh, no. I'm top dog. Don't no. touch it. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, we vote for a new president every four years, and I think that's crazy. But it's not like someone's coming in and forcefully taking control because they had to in order to assert their right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. So one year after Vlad takes power, his biggest fan and patron, the king of Luxembourg, Jesus, I put Lunenburg, Luxembourg dies. And this happens around the same time that peasants started revolting in Transylvania. So any guesses what Papa or what noble Vlad does? Any guesses? Is this what it's like to be a high school teacher? Like just (laughs) don't all put your hands up at once. I'm trying to make it as interactive as I can because it was kind of boring when I was researching. (laughs) Sarah, do you mean like what he did to the people? Yeah, like do you think he's saying power? Do you think he fought for it? Do you think he killed people? Yeah. Did he drink their blood? Um, He killed them? (laughs) Because I was going to say he imprisoned them, but. No, good guesses. He just switches sides. I set you guys up. I'm sorry. Take drinks. Um, he does keep the name of Vlad Dracul, though, because it was pretty Dracul. Um, but he goes to the Ottoman Empire and says, hey, that whole alliance thing with Hungary? Forget about it. Old news. It's you and me now, baby. So Vlad agrees. <laughs> he agrees to pay the Ottoman Sultan yearly tribute amounts and help with any military campaigns, which is the norm. Um, at this time, the new king of Luxembourg is writing Vlad letters. And Vlad straight up ghosts the poor guy. And fun fact, Aww. the new ruler, yeah, he's a Habsburg, as in the Habsburg jaw. Have you ever heard of that? No, no I haven't. What? Teach me. The Habsburg jaw. I swear to God. Well, I can't look you, like, right now. you really are a high school teacher. I'm the kid in the back that is like has their head down, and you come up and slam the book down. You ask me a question. I'm like, oh, the Habsburg jaw. What? Yeah. Teach me. Okay. It's a distinctive jaw. Um that a lot of guys, it's like this protruding, let me show you. It looks like this. Are you talking about a freaking underbite? Ew! Oh. Kind um, of, it's because they were, um, they were marrying their, like, cousins and relatives so much. They think it caused this, like, genetic trait. Like, some of them couldn't, I don't think, chew. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, people out there. Yeah, it led to, like, a lot of real issues. Habsburg. They call it the Habsburg jaw. Never heard of that. So this guy had the potential to have this issue. I don't know if he was. And freaking Vlad over here is ghosting him. So screw it. 
has a bad jaw and he's getting ghosted. Oh my I don't God. know if this Habsburg did, but it was in this family uh, that they had it. That's just like really <laughs> rude of him. I'm I didn't look saying. it up because I didn't actually want to know. I didn't want to imagine this poor guy like can't You're talk. that sitting ugly. In his he needs a friend, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but he was rich. So um, yeah, so that's Habsburg jaw. You got two facts and one story. Lucky ladies. Yes. Anyway. The king of Hab- the king Habsburg is asking Vlad, please, to love of the Christian God, protect Transylvania because he knew, okay, this makes sense. Wallachia was right outside Transylvania. And so he was mm-hmm. trying to get Vlad to have his forces help, like, stop this Ottoman Empire coming in. Because Mr. Habsburg, um, he, he knew. He knew it was a good time for Ottomans to try and take territory because there was a power shift. And also those peasants were revolting. Like, there wasn't, it was a good time, honestly. And he was right. The Ottomans, they were all coming, coming right before you. Um, yeah. So Vlad may have well sent a letter back saying, like, new number, who dis? Because not only did he not protect <laughs> Transylvania, he acted as a guide for the Sultan of the Ottoman Empire to help invade Hungary. Like, the ultimate low freaking blow. What a dick move, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and because he was playing both sides so much, they started both to not trust him at all. So the invasion, it went pretty Makes well. Sense. It didn't, yeah, it didn't last very long, but it got a lot of loot and a lot of prisoners. And after the invasion, Vlad decides, maybe you shouldn't have burned the bridge with Hungary. And he offers to send some of the captured people back. Habsburg says, nah, fam, and then accuses him of treason. So in 1442, <laughs> Habsburg dies and his successor, I'm not even using names anymore, guys. It's a lot of names. His successor sends troops back to Wallachia, and they go back. They take it, and then they take Vlad captive. Vlad appoints his oldest son to rule. The same year, the sultan of the Ottoman Empire wants Wallachia back again. So he goes and gets it, and then he frees Vlad from Hungary, but takes Vlad captive back in his own court. Before the year is over. This is all in one year. Before the same year is over, Vlad strikes a deal with the Ottomans that he will be loyal to them if they help him regain power. The Ottomans agree, but Vlad has to pay a tribute annually. Annually. I didn't say annually. Annual. What did I just say? I didn't hear hear annually, but I didn't hear annually either. I think you said annually. Annalie, yeah. Can we never record this late again? Okay, he has to pay a tribute annually, as in once a year, old news, not out of his anus, and leave his two sons. Stop. And he has to leave his two sons in the palace of the Ottomans, which is where Aaron, I think, is going to pick up. And so I used a lot of names. But I didn't actually even use that many names. Like, it was pure chaos. Like, one ruler would come. He'd be sacked by another ruler. They would take his stuff. Because also, like, there's all these um, high-level, I think it was Saxon people living in Wallachia, like, Mm -hmm. helping each other, like, overthrow these governments. Like, it was very much like Game of Thrones, honestly. Like, with Littlefinger and everyone being like, no, this person would be better for Wallachia and Transylvania. No, this God makes more sense. No, the God of light is our God. Like, <laughs> I am not kidding. I think kidding. we just found the inspiration for the books right, we, right now. 
Yes, but like there was so much death everywhere, so much torture everywhere. Like I didn't even get into it. But basically, Vlad would have seen a lot of death, a lot of just meanness in the world. I don't even know how human beings survived past this era because it was a bloody time and it was scary. No one had any rights. I'm happy to be alive today. Okay, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm leaving it. Aaron, take it. Sorry, do you guys have any questions? No, I know I it was one, a lot. I have, I have a statement. I feel like I just got off the ninja at Six Flags. Whoa. That was I like, went really who's fast. There? And- who's there? We're this way. We're that Like, whoa. Literally, it was like Hungary wanted this land. They had it for like three days. And then yeah. Ottoman said, no, 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 no. I want it back. It's my toy. And they came in. And then Hungary said, oh. Now I'm really mad about it. And now my older brother died. So now I can be king and I can get Wallachia back. <laughs> Kick out Ottomans. Well, they have a bigger army and now they're done fighting in Africa. Like, it was a lot, you guys. I went down a rabbit oh. hole. Does Good that make sense what them. I'm saying? Yes, you skimmed yeah, the surface did. appropriately. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I microbladed the surface, really, because it was... <laughs> it was <laughs> like, as I was reading... I actually drank a little bit and it made more sense, which I don't know what that says about me as a person, but like all these, yeah. And get to the real death of the story, but just know it was a crazy time. I don't doubt that rulers were insane. And I have a feeling one ruler may be a little more insane. You may be right, Sarah. And Morgan, Sarah, Morgan, you're going back on that ninja ride. You're getting back in line. We're going back in because it gets crazier. Oh, gosh, I'm going to get motion sickness. Okay, here we go. (laughs) No, and Sarah, I'm glad you sent me this guy because I'd never heard of him before. I didn't know him from history, but he is crazy. And just during my initial research, I didn't realize that he, or at least a lot of people believe that Vlad the the Impaler, the Impaler, or Vlad the Third, might have been the inspiration for Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yes, yeah, I have thoughts on that, but we'll, yeah, yes, you'll find out that Vlad is way more horrible than Dracula is. But there have (laughs) been—I mean, he's committed atrocious acts, and he's been said. Legend has it that Vlad has dipped his bread in his enemy's blood. Ooh. Disgusting. Hey, to be fair, bread was probably super hard back then. I would have dipped it and whatever I had to to get it Sarah. to be eatable. <laughs> eatable? <laughs> Can I mute my mic now or do I have to keep embarrassing Never. myself? Guys, it's 940. <laughs> it's starting. We're so old. <laughs> uh, We're like the Crypt Keeper. This is what happens when you have a Shrek-themed birthday party four days ago. God, we can't even keep up. Jesus Christ. I'm still bouncing back. <laughs> Tell us about the atrocities. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Um, so my first question was, how did Vlad become such a cruel, merciless ruler? Um, and Sarah, kind of where you left off at, the first thing people point out is the fact that Vlad and his younger brother, Radu, were held as political hostages by the Ottomans. So Ooh. their father... Vlad II, Dracul, um, who is the ruler of Wallachia, which I don't know if I'm saying that correct because I don't either. somebody on YouTube pronounced it, and he's Romanian, so I don't know. He pronounced it Wallachia. I'll just say Wallachia since 
I also heard a European gentleman say Wallachia. Wallachia. I've heard that too. I don't think there's like one main way to say it. I don't know if people just disagree on the pronunciation, but we'll we'll just stick with Wallachia. And if I get yelled at, that's fine. Um, so he <laughs> yeah, yelled was, at Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> um, so during this time when his father sent um, Vlad and Radu to Turkey in order to regain the throne, um, the boys were actually tutored in several subjects. Um, they learned the Ottoman language. They became skilled horsemen. And they received lessons in tactics and the art of war. Jamie Curious, the host of Curious Characters podcast, um, the episode that I listened to, which was great, and he really reminded me of Sarah. So, Sarah, you need to watch, you need to listen to that episode afterwards. Um, he stated that, quote unquote, Vlad had the education of a general, which I found really interesting that they're technically prisoners of war, but they're not necessarily treated that way. And they were given an education. Did you find why by chance? No. Okay, so from what I, I was think reading, maybe Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Um, just because I found an article that was saying like why you would make the order of dragons. It's the same type of thing of why you would treat your like high class prisoners well because they're basically banking on you to be their ally later. Okay. That's what I was gonna say right after yeah. I said I didn't know. So yeah, probably they were hoping to use them later mm-hmm. in the future, which I will mm-hmm. get to later on in the story. Oh boy. Um, Also, an NBC article I read stated that there were reports that Vlad may have been beaten and tortured for part of his captivity. Whether or not that was the case, because I don't know how true that is, Vlad would have witnessed the treatment and torture of the Ottoman Empire's prisoners, which probably, definitely shaped him into the cruel tyrant he would later become. The second big incident that affected Vlad was the murder of his father and his older brother, Mircea. In 1447, local noblemen uh, known as Boyers overthrew Vlad Dracul, forcing him and Mercia, the heir to the throne, to flee. They were later captured, and Vlad, the second Dracul, was taken to the swamps behind his home and killed. Mercia was tortured, blinded, and buried alive. Ooh. Yeah. Bruh. Why did he get it worse? I don't know. Doesn't even seem fair. Like, I did way less. My dad's been doing this shit for a long time. Bury him. Mm-hmm. He's the one you're mad at. Like, yeah. what? I don't know. Shortly after his family's death, Vlad III was freed from Ottoman captivity, and he began to go by Vlad Dracula, meaning son of the dragon. Oh, Vlad's spicy. reign of ta- <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're I didn't good. get to be part of him. I didn't get to be part of this part of the story, so I'm just, I'm excited. <laughs> he gave himself his own nickname. Does that remind you of anyone, Morgan? Hmm. Jesus. Not this White Claw outlaw. I don't know. Did <laughs> you say Jesus? I'm just kidding. Or no, it was Jim Jones. If you want to call me father, call me father. If you want to call me God, call me God. <laughs> All right. All right, Jimmy. Calm down over there. <laughs> Jim and Jim. I made my own nicknames, people at home. If that's what you're referring to, I made plenty of my own <laughs> nicknames. And one of them stuck. So suck it. Hot I'm gonna write a book lover? one day. What? Hot dog lover? Is that the one? No, that lun money. Until mm. someone turned it into lunch money. Get <laughs> out of here. That was the worst day of my life. 
I you were Basically, you were just, lunch money in my phone until mm, oh, probably a week ago because I kept typing in Sarah and nothing would come up and I'm like God damn I, I figured out the this. secret was just to act like everyone already called me it so then they thought it was normal and then everyone just thought everyone else called me it mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. needs a mm-hmm. life <laughs> all right hot dog girl <laughs> oh no just hot dog <laughs> HD. Oh my God, Aaron! Please, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll try to keep my no, excitement to myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> so much patter. <laughs> so, so Vlad gets um, released from captivity, and his reign of terror was said to have truly started after the death of Vladislav II, who had taken Vlad's father's place on the Wallachian throne in 1448. Vlad succeeded with the help of the Ottoman Empire in taking the throne from Vladislav II. But after two months, when the Ottomans' forces left, Vladislav II returned with Hungarian forces and regained control of Wallachia. So exactly what I was talking about. Like there is never any was- rest. I don't understand how anything got done. Mm-hmm. No. It was very short-lived. Yes. And Vlad ended up fleeing, and he stayed with his uncle Bogdan and cousin Stephen, who were ruler and co-ruler of Moldova. So after a few years of nothing bad seemingly going, you know, going on in Vlad's life, Bogdan was murdered and Vlad was forced to flee again. Stephen fled with him to Transylvania, where they sought help from Hungarian nobleman John Hunyadi. Both Vlad and Stephen stayed at Hunyadi's castle, where he gave them protection. Curious characters mentioned that Hunyadi was originally on Vladislav II's um, side, um, the guy currently on the throne. But when Vlad was living his life in Transylvania, Vladislav II signed a deal with the Ottoman Empire, and he invaded Transylvania, burning down a few villages in the process. So Hunyadi, who wasn't really in the politics game at that moment, was pissed and he basically started to back Vlad instead, tasking him with the defense of the Transylvanian border. Screw you. This is my new best friend. I don't need you, Vladislav. I have Vlad Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, Sarah, I think people were switching sides every day, all the time. It's literally bad girls club. Like, I don't understand who's friends with who. <laughs> just, just pick a spot and stay there. That's all I'm going to say. Just stay there. In 1456, Vlad returned to Wallachia with support from John Hunyadi and a Hungarian army in order to take back his father's throne. Uh, Vladislav II perished in battle and Vlad Dracula was victorious, regaining control of Wallachia. I think I'm saying that two different ways, but that's okay. (laughs) Whatever. Vlad beat Vladislav II literally to death in single hand-to-hand combat. I've also read sources that say Vlad beheaded him. But that may have been a legend that spread around during that time. So I think beating mm-hmm. him to death with your bare hands is cooler. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but like that's intense. Yet again, you said yes, Game of Thrones. Now I'm imagining that epic fight with Jon Snow and uh, Okay, Sarah, uh, again, more spoilers. Jesus Christ. I'm just kidding. <laughs> have you not finished it? <laughs> I have finished it. It is done. <laughs> and Ramsey, that's his name. Yeah. Yes. I changed my mind. One on one combat. Cool. So cool. I'm sorry. Continue. (laughs) So either way, Vlad is back on the throne and everything is hunky-dory, right? Mm -hmm. Wrong. (laughs) Another one I got wrong. Another. Another one. Drink. (laughs) 
So <laughs> Vlad wanted to avenge his father, and he had enemies of his own to deal with. Uh, Wallachia was left in a quote-unquote ruinous state due to constant warfare, and there were uprisings in villages across Wallachia, started by people who believed that Vladislav II was a better leader. Vlad decided to invite the boyars and other nobles who had a hand in murdering his family and who he suspected opposed him to a banquet, where things quickly turned bloody. When they arrived, guests were put in chains and taken outside of the castle to a field where there were a ton of metal spikes around. As I can only imagine there were in the 1400s. <laughs> like it was I've probably said there so they could squeeze lemons for their lemonade. Bruh. <laughs> like can you imagine like castle like real estate like i don't know how no. much a castle would go for but do you think like throw in a couple metal spikes and we'll call it a deal <laughs> how many trapdoors are in this in this castle thank you i need there are 13 bathrooms 1300 metal <laughs> spikes and the roof was replaced last year by serfs <laughs> so it's waterproof yeah 1400s is not a place anyone wanted to be at no at all And this is a quick disclaimer, everyone listening. If you don't enjoy hearing details about horrible, gruesome murder, I suggest you skip about 30 seconds or so. After reaching the field, guests were laid on the ground and a metal spike was inserted into their rectum. Vlad's men raised (gasps) up the spikes. Yes. With the people still on them. And and let gravity run its course. So the person's body would slowly move down on the spike until the top part of the spike would come out of their torso, neck, mouth, or head, which is horrifying. It it's took horrible. a long time to do that, like days. Yes. Yes, Morgan, Are I see your you face, your shocked you? face. I have literal tears in my eyes. The first what? time I learned about it, I literally thought I was going to be sick. Like, he wasn't the only like girl trying. to do that, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm he saying. wasn't the first one to do this. You want to be alive now. If reincarnation is real, I hope I skipped that generation of time. Mm-hmm. They're poor booties. Oh, no. And they They're thought they were going to go get some like, turkey legs at their house for dinner. And they just, oh, no. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Oh, my God. They thought they were going to get turkey legs. Oh, God. Yeah, it's pretty horrific. Mm-hmm. Go pretty sinister super sorry very very sinister and impaling became vlad's number one execution method he used on his enemies and instead of using like a sharp pole a rounded pole could be used so that like you said morgan uh excuse me that you said sarah um so the internal organs could be left intact prolonging the victim's suffering which would take hours or even days for the victim to die and these victims would often be put on display for public viewing yeah, because yeah, the sharp on. ones, they would, like, hit your intestines and stuff, which would cause – is that called sepsis or whatever? So you would die a lot quicker. And Vlad said, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, I want y'all to suffer. Hold on. Yeah. He's called the impaler because he yes. sticks sticks and pokey things up people's booty holes. Mm-hmm. This whole time – And then time puts them on when- display like marionettes. When you guys were like, yeah, I think we're going to do Vlad the Impaler. Because I knew Dracula, I thought he, like, stabbed people. Impaled them like this. Oh, no. 
Oh no! I was. No. I mean, you could impale somebody like that. Oh but that wasn't God. what he wanted to do. He wanted it to be like the worst thing possible. I need yeah. my and mom, it, mom. <laughs> oh and to be God. fair, it is the worst thing possible because hundreds of years later, I still think it's terrible. I am not mm-hmm. well. I am <laughs> not. Okay. Have great okay. dreams tonight. <laughs> Yeah, you'll have some to analyze tomorrow, Sarah. Oh, my God. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Okay. Like, how much did your skin crawl, Aaron, when you read that? A lot. A yeah, lot. It's pretty, much. it's pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this horrifying practice earned him the infamous nickname Vlad the Impaler. Yeah. Oh, and if you thought that was bad, the children of the nobles who were invited to Vlad's banquet were also at the castle. Oh, no. He did not kill them. He just made the children watch as their parents were impaled and died a horrible, horrible death. And once the adults were killed, Vlad enslaved the children, forced them to build his new castle. And once it was completed, he killed all of them. And a lot of them worked themselves to literal death. Yes. Because he... Are you finding out he's not the greatest guy? (laughs) Like, all things considered, I think I would take um, the Dracula legend versus Vlad the Impaler. Like, that's just me. I know a lot of articles I read were like, yeah, you can't really compare the two because Dracula really isn't that bad. No, I think it only happened because they said he was like drinking blood, but they were trying to like slander his name. And he was a a beast. So, you know. Yeah. I'm really glad I took my freaking Harbor medicine today because I'm not feeling good. Do you need a minute? <laughs> Are you I'm glad good. we told our stories first, Morgan? Yeah. I re- yeah, mine's way less spooky for real. <laughs> <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> During his reign, Vlad made some seriously, seriously harsh laws. Basically, if you committed any crime in Wallachia, you would be impaled. Hmm. Commit adultery, you were impaled steal something you were impaled let's just cue the oprah meme you get impaled and you get impaled and you get impaled (laughs) that's how i imagined vlad was oh god i just imagine (laughs) what was that king white walker who like was like a javelin thrower basically like you get impaled (laughs) you get impaled (laughs) (laughs) i know what you're talking about at least it'd be swifter than vlad's punishment Mm -hmm. (sighs) mm-hmm And Vlad um, also enjoyed watching people eat the bodies of his victims. Yeah. So I heard this on the Curious Characters podcast, and he gave a good example. So that's what I'm going to use, too. Um, So he used the case of adultery. So the person accused would be the one impaled, while, like, the lover would not only watch the victim die, but would have to eat the victim's body. And Vlad also enjoyed eating in the same room as the bodies of his victims. So maybe after that banquet he had when all those guests were killed, he still ate his meal while the bodies were just lying around. I mean, good food's hard to come by. I'm not going to just not eat it. But he's sadistic. (laughs) No, it's really, it's messed up. I should make jokes. It's not good. Mm -hmm. But there's no proof, right, that he ever actually ate the people. True, true. There's no proof of that. But he did think up these weird-ass punishments. thank God. (laughs) Yes, he definitely killed some people. I think there's a lot of things and stories that have um, been made up 
to slander him, like you said, Sarah. But I mean, he's a bad, bad guy. Bad, bad one. And that's and that's what kind of again. I guess this is the 1400s, but like people praised him even after his death, um, calling him a hero and a just ruler. Again, could just be the time period when, you know, having metal spikes and other torture devices lying around your castle was the norm. But God forbid you look at him the wrong way and the next second you're in chains waiting to get impaled. Like, he's just the textbook definition of a tyrant. (laughs) He is, but to be fair, like, he killed all those noble people. So then he had more noble slots, quote unquote, to fill. Mm -hmm. So a lot of peasants got raised up from their current, like, status Mm -hmm. and, like, got raised up. So I think that may be why they revere him because he, like, Helped the peasants by killing everybody else. Yeah. Cool. That could be. And talking about, you know, bringing up peasants, besides making his own laws, Vlad also single-handedly solved the uh, the poverty problem in Wallachia by gathering the poor people in the region and burning them alive. (laughs) I guess there were no advisors in the 1400s, and here's like the fifth Game of Thrones comment today, but... It immediately came to mind. Like, could you just imagine Tyrion Lannister being hand of the king to Vlad and the arguments that would come? <laughs> like, Vlad, 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 no, that's not how I told you we were going to fix poverty. Vlad, what did you do? Yeah, because he was literally like, yeah, come on, like, have a nice meal. I know you guys are all hungry. Like, life is really tough out there, man. Cut scene. Lock doors. Burn it to the ground. Fire everywhere. Yep. But he solved poverty, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> Brought up our property tax, or property value. I don't know. There's no joke good enough. I'm so sorry, guys. Yeah, there are Nettie. I'm just Ooh. breathing, barely. Maybe a moment of silence is better. I don't know. <sighs> Something. Jesus. Oh, Jim Jones. Okay, sorry. I'm. We're good. All right. <laughs> I would like to imagine <laughs> Tyrion being his advisor. That would be pretty funny. That's literally the first thing I thought of. I don't know why, but I was like, everything Here, in this century seems like Game of Thrones-esque. So he He's literally a little Joffrey running around, like, kill him, impale him, put yeah. his head on spikes. Sansa, look at your dad's head And then head Tyrion on the just needs to come and slap him. <laughs> be like, what yes. are you doing? <laughs> the world would be better if we all had a Tyrion. Yeah. It's very true. If you don't watch Game of Thrones, super sorry on this episode. Might be lost on you. Oh. In 1459, Vlad impaled dozens of Saxon merchants in Kronstadt, who were once allied with the Boyers. And that same year, Ottoman diplomats met with Vlad after Sultan Mehmed II heard that Vlad was planning on joining a crusade against the Ottoman Empire. Their goal was basically to persuade Vlad not to join the crusade. So when the diplomats arrived, they refused to take off their turbans due to their religious beliefs. Vlad was very insulted, and this time he demanded that they take off their turbans. The diplomats refused again and told Vlad that they were there representing Mehmet II. Vlad commended the diplomats for their devotion, told them that their turbans would remain forever on their heads, and proceeded to nail their turbans to their skulls. And then Vlad sent their bodies back to Mehmet II. Because they had hats on, so they took their hats off, and then they sell their turbans on, and he's like, take that shit off and they said Mm-mm. and he said mm-hmm. fine holy shit yeah he doesn't mess around oh. he's always up at like a hundred so wait mm-hmm. sorry if you don't know the answer to this but i'm just like thinking in my head i know he's probably got a lot of followers because like shit 
I'm a coward at this point and be like, oh, no, you're the best leader I've ever had. What can I do for you, sir? And, like, not look at him directly in the eyes, all that shit. Does he have, like, guards who would, like, like hold these people down and and do yeah. these tasks for him? Oh, yeah. Okay. He had, he oh, had yeah, men. He, mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if he personally nailed those things in their heads or if he had a guard do it. He watched. But uh, Yeah, you know, I was just curious, like, if there's, like, people standing there and they're like, I'm not taking off my turban. And then... I'm pretty sure he has guards. Get, like, grabbed? Okay. Do it. But I know he's killed people as well. Yeah. So that exact guard- question, I don't know. But... Ugh. Which one is worse? But, like, he had those guards and also, like, those peasants I was saying that he raised up. Like, he basically made his own cavalry of people like so dedicated to him because they have a better life situation now. And I'm saying better loosely because I Mm -hmm. think I would rather be poor in a field doing work than nailing people's heads. But hey, we're different people, different times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At least they could feed themselves and their families. mm -hmm. Either way, he gave the order. So. Oh, yeah. It's still all bad. Oh, yeah. Bad Vlad. Mm -hmm. Bad Vlad. So Mehmet II is royally pissed off, and he sends an <laughs> army to Wallachia to go against Vlad. Well, Vlad not only fights back, but he and his men kill basically the entire army and impale them with red hot spikes. No. Now, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't know that part. I didn't know. <laughs> now <sighs> Vlad is pissed, and he wants revenge, so he decides to invade some the of the death Ottoman wasn't enough. And- Wait, no. Wait, wait, wait. Ottomans killed Vlad's people with the red hot? No, but they came to attack. So the Ottoman army went over. Oh, because killing the people just wasn't enough. Yeah, so he's like, I'm going to go over to your empire and your territories, and I'm going to take them over. So he he starts to take over small villages, towns, and cities easily because when he was held hostage by the Ottomans, remember, he was tutored, and he learned how to speak Turkish, their primary language. So Vlad would convince the townspeople or their guards, whoever was at the gates, that he was part of the Ottoman army. They would open their gates and let him in, and once inside, he killed and impaled everyone. And after just four months of Vlad's, I guess you would call it invasion, over 23,000 people had been impaled. Vlad wrote- my God. Mm -hmm. To put it in perspective, I think that's the amount of people in Cape Girardeau whenever school is in session for our college. When it's not in session, I think it's about (sighs) 12,000. Okay. Okay. Go school. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. We should During that Turkish. time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> During that time, Vlad wrote to one of his allies, quote, I have killed peasants, men and women, old and young, who lived at Oblusitsa and Novoselo, where the Danube flows into the sea. We killed 23,884 Turks without counting those whom we burned in homes or the Turks whose heads were cut by our soldiers. Thus, your highness, you must know that I have broken the peace, end quote. So just in case you didn't catch catch it, that number was just the people he had impaled. So he impaled 23,000 people, not the total number of people Vlad and his soldiers killed and burned along the way. Of course not. Of course not. Because oh my god, can you imagine his poor bookkeeper who was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be the numbers guy. It's gonna be an easy job." And he's like, "Perfect. Jot down everyone who I have impaled. I want you to get up close to the bodies to make sure they are dead by the impaling." And he's like, 
can I go home? I um, yeah. I don't feel well. Like, <laughs> but also like, wait, we're not going to, you don't want to count the other people. No, no, no. Just the ones I've impaled. <laughs> Much scarier Those... number. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. So Vlad's taken over some of these territories in the Ottoman Empire. So Mehmet II sends a huge army, over like 150,000 men strong, to Wallachia. And Vlad realized pretty quickly that he couldn't win against this army unless he got a bit creative. So he poisoned the water, he poisoned the food, and he set traps, which weakened the Ottoman army enough to where Vlad could start picking them off a bit at a time and, you know, impale people again. Just for funsies. Yeah, just for funsies. (laughs) Vlad ended up launching what was known as a night raid against the army. Um, So he left his castle like in the middle of the night and he killed 15,000 soldiers in one night. What the fuck? And there are different sources. There are different sources that say Vlad lined the dead, impaled soldiers up for miles. Some accounts say as many as 60 miles around the capital of Targovist. Mehmet II allegedly saw the decaying corpses of his men, and he and his remaining forces retreated the next day. I would. Mm-hmm. He's mm. scary. He's just like one of those like madmen rulers where it's like, I don't know what he's going to do. Like, he's willing to kill his own people. He's willing to like go in the night. Like, who? Kill children. No. Mm-hmm. Kill children. Well, and mm-hmm. at this point in my story, I think that's what a lot of even like both not just the Ottoman Empire, but even the Hungarian kingdom were like, whoa, he's kind <laughs> of out of control. <laughs> we have to do something. Hey, have you heard about this crazy Vlad guy? Like, is anyone else concerned? Or are we just gonna pretend like we're all cool? Cause you know, if you're cool, I'm cool. I'm just saying. Like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm drool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dracool. Oh, oh. <laughs> Anyways, Vlad the Impaler's violence would have likely continued, but in 1462, he was exiled and taken prisoner by Hungarian forces. The Hungarians didn't want to risk going to war with the Ottomans, and the Ottomans wanted to replace Vlad with his more merciful brother, Radu. Remember him? Mm -hmm. So he is on the Ottoman side. Allegedly, so Vlad is um, taken in to custody or He's a prisoner, basically, and there are no documents referring to Vlad during the 14 years um, he was imprisoned slash exiled. So pretty much nothing is known about Vlad during this time until he was released from imprisonment. After he was released, Vlad married Justina Shailigi, who was related to Matthias Corvinus, the Hungarian king, who recognized Vlad as the lawful prince of Wallachia. Corvinus didn't provide Vlad with military aid, but that didn't stop him from going to reclaim his birthright. With the support of his cousin Stephen, who was then the ruler of Maldovo, Vlad took back the throne in 1476. So this is his third reign now, third time on the throne, but this one would only last for a short time. Vlad went to battle against the Ottomans that same year, and as he was marching with Hungarian forces, they were ambushed and Vlad was killed and beheaded. It's believed that Vlad's head was paraded to Constantinople and given to Mehmet II as a trophy, which was then displayed over the city's gates. Hmm. Curious characters <laughs> stated that the Ottoman army kept Vlad's head in a jar of honey to keep it from decomposing because they wanted to have proof 
that Vlad the Impaler was actually dead, since there was a lot of, you know, stories going around kind of, again, I don't, I don't know if Vampire was even going around at that time, but they kind of just thought he was a monster and he was unkillable. I mean, rightfully so. He was a monster. The ratio between his death and the amounts of death he's caused are quite, quite vast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Um, Fun fact about his successor, Radu. He was known as Radu the Handsome. Oh. He was supposed to be quite the hot tamale. I remember when when you asked, you're like, remember Radu? And I was like, I sure do, because it sounds like ragu when I love me some pasta. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ragu the pasta is also red hot. No. Oh. Oh. Man, I thought that was fun because Vlad was supposed to be like kind of puny and ugly, but Radu was like his hot brother. That's why he killed everyone because he was angry and jealous. He had some issues. (laughs) <laughs> he had some self-esteem issues. We're working through them. We're get- it's just fine. We're working through. So, like, not that I feel bad or anything that he's dead, but, like, he, like, he was, it didn't seem like he was married for very long. He just, like, Lucky got married he and wasn't. bam. Oh, well, I feel bad for her, but also probably saved her life. Just saying. Uh, no, he also had his mistresses killed whenever they thought they were pregnant, but they weren't. I he wasn't really a good guy. Hate him. I don't. I don't want to look up a picture of him because I don't even like. I don't want him to haunt my dreams tonight. Like I'm so over. It. I'm so over him. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. <laughs> he's just not a fun guy. No. Uh, he may like, be drag cool, but he's not fun. Like ten out of ten would not recommend bringing him to a party or anything. Like, oh, okay. I'm good. I'm good. I hate him. It's fine. Mm-mm. No one knows for certain how many people were victims of Vlad the Impaler's vicious acts, but it's estimated that he killed about 80,000 people using various violent means, and over 20,000 of those victims he impaled. Stories of Vlad the Impaler's violence and brutality spread around the world during his reign and after his demise. He became so infamous that artists depicted him in their work throughout the Middle Ages, and stories of his atrocious acts were printed in pamphlets and shared centuries after his death. So that's how a lot of people knew about him during that time. So while the story of Vlad dining on his victim's blood is probably a bit of a fabrication, and even though stories of his brutal reign and violence may have been embellished by his foes, there are countless historical documents from that time that show what a truly evil person he was, even by 1400 standards. And that Mm -hmm. is the story of Vlad the Impaler and his reigns of terror. Ooh. Great. Yeah. He that was like nuts really heavy. Yeah. That was. So I learned about him Ooh. on accident. It was on the History Channel, I think, after an episode of Ancient Aliens. And I had to be like 16 when I watched it, and my jaw was on the floor. Like, what is this man? Mm hmm. Yeah. And I, while I was doing my research, so I'll say my sources really quick because sometimes I forget to do that. But Mm -hmm. my sources are an All That's Interesting article, an NBC News article, Wikipedia, the Curious Characters podcast episode I talked about. Definitely look it up because the guy's hilarious. Sarah, he reminds me of you because he does like these random voices sometimes and he has a great accent. And LiveScience.com article. I did look him up today. Not this episode, but a different one. The Elizabeth but Bathory in, one. Oh, he's pretty funny. The Elizabeth Bathory one. No, that's what I was going to say because he, I didn't put it in there because I didn't really have much to do with what I was keeping my story to. Yeah, but yeah. he, I can't remember if it was his cousin 
or a different person also named Stephen, but he and the Stephen Bathory were like fighting together. A Stephen Bathory that is related to Elizabeth Bathory. Ooh, the yeah. plot thickens. I know. So uh, I thought that was pretty interesting, but I did not put that in my story. Well, yeah, but like what you're going to see in these like old times is like everyone's family is playing a part in each other's countries. Like I feel like everyone was connected. Like if you were of notable at all, like you were married to someone or you were like a concubine to someone, you made a baby with someone. Like they were all connected. I feel like Charlie mm-hmm. with his map of like, here's Pam, here's, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, and I had to look up because I was like, wait, they were printing pamphlets. And I'm like, oh, shoot, around the 1400s was when the printing press was invented. So, like, how would you even keep up with everything that's changing? Like, let's see who's on the throne this day, like this week. It'll probably you know, change wasn't a quick- tomorrow. <laughs> I was saying, that's probably why he got away with so much, all the, like, and being able to, like, trick people. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I can, I sp- speak Turkey? Is I speak Turkey Turkish. Means? Turkish? I, <laughs> Turkinese? <laughs> Leave me alone. What? It's like it's my bedtime. I can't I knew it wasn't right, but it just fell out. I'm sorry. It's like that he could speak different languages. <laughs> I'll correct myself. And get away with <laughs> shit like that. Well, it's not like they had tabloids like with his face and like photographers. Right. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Mm. Not a good guy. Ten out of ten would not date. Nope. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. Is your story lighter, Morgan? Yeah. <laughs> I think anything that falls out of my mouth for the next couple minutes is going to be lighter than whatever Aaron just told us. <laughs> yes. But thank you, Aaron, for doing that. Because I don't think I could have said all those words into a microphone. Um, I think it's really interesting, but bleh, bleh, I you am glad. You talked about butts very gracefully. <laughs> you did. Thank you. And I hope I pronounced everything correctly. I'm sure I didn't, but... Well, don't worry, girl, because your girl's coming in hot, not knowing how to pronounce shit. So here we go. <laughs> All right. All right. Ooh. What's normal from any other week? But yeah. <laughs> so obviously our group topic was like the Transylvania area. So I did a pretty heavily researched and uh, discussed topic on the internet and other podcasts. Uh, it is the Hoya Bachu Forest. Um, and I came upon it. I've heard other podcasts about it. Um, episode 11 of morbid specifically, they did like a haunted woods episode. So it's called out there. Um, I began my research. I am not as professional as my co-hosts and my sources will be listed in the show notes because I, I have them, but they're not on my notes. So pardon me. (laughs) So uh, it when I was like looking up haunted places in Transylvania because Sarah brought this topic idea to us, I had no clue what to do. Like I, when you hear Transylvania, you think of vampires or Dracula, and I was like, okay, like mm-hmm. I guess I could do vampires in the future, but this forest really caught my attention, and I don't think I've done a haunted forest yet, so I wanted to go with it. Um, when I was looking up haunted places in general, um, <laughs> one of the very first sites that comes up, it listed out. Um, like five haunted places in Transylvania. And this was the only place that wasn't a castle. Um, there was two, two castles that Vlad was supposed to like live in or reign, um, held reign during this time. Um, and then there's two other ones called Rash, Resnov and Kadale. And then the two that Vlad's had was Benafi, Benafi and 
Punin. Punin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the one I can pronounce, Brand Castle. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. hey. Yes. Uh, and then had to obviously phonetically write out Hoya Bachu to make sure I had that correct. So I will be presenting you with the Hayu. Hi. Oh my God. Hoya Bachu Forest. Okay. Here we go. It is known as the Bermuda Triangle of Transylvania because people go in. And they don't come out. Uh, It's known just to be super creepy, super haunted. Um, It originally got its name way back in the day when a shepherd and 200 of his sheep went through the forest and were never found again. Not him, not a single sheep. Yeah. Um, One of the really, really talked about stories, and there's different details kind of that go around, but... Uh, the weirdest one that's happened is a girl, she was five years old and wandered into the forest and got lost. She Nobody was, know. yes, she was missing for five years and came out of the forest <gasps> wearing the exact same clothes, not looking any older and had no memory that she had been in the forest. Her family was like, where have you been? And she's like, I don't know. Like I, I was just in there. Hanging out with Blue so, in the Jungle Book is where she was. Brush. <laughs> she, was, <laughs> she was on another planet, that's for sure. So that one is like crazy to me. I mean, they say to not roughly change at all. To not change at all and have no memory. Like you, you got you probably got taken away in a UFO. I'm just saying. But do you and know when that lived. happened? Um, I don't know. Okay, not this curious. year. No, I don't. I should have. I should <laughs> definitely not twenty twenty. No, it was a while ago. Um, but they did. I, what I thought was interesting was it was like roughly a thousand people have gone missing. So Whoa. the fact that it's just like, and I will say some of them are some of them are found, but they're just like dead in the forest. Like no, like no reasons, no no similarities. They just pass mm-hmm. away. The forest is 729 acres, and the only real landmark that they discuss is the forest is kind of like an oblong shape, kind of like a long oval. Not perfect at all, but, you know, um, towards kind of like the bottom left side when you're kind of looking down at it on a map, there's just this weird, almost perfect circle of completely barren land. There's grass. Mm. But there are, it's literally like the trees are all around you and they just, boop, they stop. There's just like a wall mm. of trees. Um, there is known to be some cult activity in the forest. Um, particularly, they say this circle area is very high with that. And two of the three YouTube videos I watched on this, they did go into the forest and they did go to this area. And they found burn marks almost in an exact perfect line, just like patches of like burnt grass. So it's probably like in like two feet by two feet. So it's not just like a little like, oop, got burnt by the sun or something. Like, no, no. Like it was very intentional and very creepy. Um, Or UFO landed. Girl, ooh. (laughs) Is that not the most perfect spot for a UFO? It's literally like a parking spot. Exactly. And they do say that people have seen like weird ovals in the sky and things zipping around in between the trees and – I mean, regardless, a super dense forest at night is going to be creepy no matter what. Um, right. I am very much a, 
I do enjoy camping on the appropriate weather. I'm not, I don't really like to camp when it's super hot. But I did want to call out that one of the YouTube videos I watched, again, I will have all of them linked. One of them, the girl, like, every little noise, like, oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? And, like, somebody even, like, I was reading the comments and they're like, well, animals make a lot of noise. I'm like, yeah, you're in a dense <laughs> forest. Like, some animals, like, when they're hunting, like, they make crazy-ass noises. Deer, when they're fighting, their antlers clicking, like, that's loud. So, mm. I, I, you know, she had an EMF reader and apparently some voices came through. I couldn't really hear anything, but regardless, I mean, they have night vision on and her eyes were like the size of two literal saucers. I was like, girl, you're scaring me more than the damn noises. (laughs) But yeah. Anyways, so for the people who do enjoy camping like I do, there are tours and camping available. Um, I think it is just kind of seasonal, but yeah. So it's an option. Start booking Sarah. (laughs) Um, <laughs> yes. Um, another thing that they that they say is really weird with this forest is some of the trees, I'd say a good chunk of them, are like very oddly shaped. Like they kind of grow out of the ground at an angle and from the base of their like trunk up is kind of like curvy. I've never seen trees like that. But again, like we're in Transylvania, like trees are different. Ge- like ge- geography. Oh my God. I mean, Geographically... Oh, geographically, foliage. Oh my god! Geographically, foliage. Plants, foliage. (laughs) Welcome to the Geography Channel by Morgan. Welcome to Morgan's bedtime. Anyway, so (laughs) yeah, plants are different in different places around the world. (laughs) So sorry. To put it simply, y'all, plants be different. Plants, but different. And but one thing I did want to one thing I did want to call out was that frequently when you Google pictures of this place, they're always like, "Oh, the trees grow super weird," and da da da. And it's you'll see a really common picture of literally the like a foot out of the ground. The tree starts to grow straight, and then literally it's like boop and turns. Like it's a total curve. It's like whoop, and it goes straight back up again. But that is not in the Hoyabachu forest. That is in a different forest in Poland. So yes, the trees are still spooky, but that is something that I came across in my research and I thought I would call it out because seeing those and then hearing all the stories with this one would definitely like make sense, but wanted to clear it up. Cool. Thank you. Um, yeah. Oh. Uh, when you're like first entering the forest, it's not as dense as I thought it would be, but you can really see how dense it is, especially when you're in that like really barren circle. It is just literally like you see the line of trees and you can't see anything past it. So um, it's very dense forest. You can dance if you want to leave your friends behind because we're in the forest and if you're in the forest, then you know where we're alive. We can dance. Be safe. That's all I got. So, God, that was so good. Thank you. You gave me just mm-hmm. enough time to find my place. <laughs> um, so, again, the overall like theme of the forest is spooky. People go there because it's spooky and they say it's haunted by all the people who go missing. There are seances that are done. There are rituals that are done. Mm-hmm. And so who knows if it's scientifically proven quite yet. People say that when you go into the forest, 
a lot of people get severe headaches, they start getting sick, and some people think that the reason the trees grow kind of funky and the reason people get sick is because it, there could be like radiation underneath Ooh. the forest. So that's one possibility. Obviously, my little ghost loving heart wants to think that it's spooky, but it's highly, highly possible. Regardless, it could it still be the- spooky. How exactly. would the radiation get underneath the forest? Ex- exactly. We know what are they not telling us? Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, oh, yeah. That actually brings up my next note, Sarah. Mm. There could be radiation scientifically, like, through, like, wars and stuff like that. But they also think that some of the radiation that they find, they have, like, meters that'll say, like, oh, yeah, I have high radiation here. Um, they think some of them were, were brought by UFOs. That is a very strong belief. I mean, if a girl went missing for straight five years and didn't age and was wearing the same clothes, they're... That's enough for me, honestly. I need no more proof. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying no. I'm not saying yes, but that could be some of the radiation because of UFOs. But you never know. I wish that happened today so then we could interview her over time. Like do a longitudinal study on her. Right. And I mean, they, and like some people, like one of the sources said, like she came out and didn't look any different, but then another one would say like, oh, she definitely looked five years older. Regardless, this sweet little girl was gone for five years and came out with no memory of where she had been or what happened to her. Like that's spooky. And like was able to provide for herself for five years (sighs) Mm -hmm. without blue the bear. Or went to a different planet and was only there for like an hour in their time and came back in just five years. Like, so what happens when you go to space? I do know that. Time is different. I learned. <laughs> and then I will end From all with... your space travels? <laughs> yeah, duh. <laughs> did you guys know I wanted to be an astronaut? Come on. I went to space camp. Sheesh. I did not. Is that... I'm not cool. Oh, I was so like, sorry. that would None be so... Them. No, no, Don't no, get no, no. my hopes up like that. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I think I went to some NASA museum in Florida when I was like seven. Sorry, dad, help me, correct me, send me. Whoa. You know, he's I shaking his head right now. Like, did you learn nothing, Morgan? <sighs> exactly. He's like, Jesus Christ. Anyway. Stop your pattering. <laughs> get on with it. We love my dad. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, While all of the things I've presented today are very spooky, I had to end with, for me, my the personal thing that scared me the most was one of the one of the oh videos God. I was watching. There, this there, it is night, and they're walking around the forest. And this guy, they're like climbing up these hills, and he's like, "Oh my God, look, there's a spider! Oh my God, look, there's another spider! We can't stop moving, and the spiders are gonna get on us!" And like, you don't really see him in the film because they're like trying to zoop around so fast. He's like, "The forest is literally covered in spiders." This is in October that he is doing this. Why are there so many spiders when it's cold outside? And I will never go there because of that. And like, they weren't like little bit, like they were big spiders. I'm done. I can't. No, no. So like nothing there sounds enticing, but I still want to go. The forest is calling and I must go. (laughs) (sighs) I would love to do a tour. But like in a hazmat suit. Correct. Where a spider can't get in and neither can Mm -hmm. radiation. I don't know which one's scarier. Radiation's long term. (laughs) Spider's short term. 
but True. neither would you rather be bit by a spider or be bit by radiation? <laughs> what if the spiders are radioactive? Yeah, I was going to say a radioactive spider. <laughs> then you could be Spider-Man. <laughs> I'd do whatever a Spider-Man can. <laughs> yeah, it was me shooting my webs. Sorry, I forget you guys can't see us. <laughs> There's a reason this is not a visual podcast. Um, yeah, because I'm a hot mess. Anyway, no. I know I kept it really short, but yeah. Still spooky. I, I'm not going camping there yeah. anytime soon. So yeah, one second you're in a castle with people getting <clears throat> spikes shoved into them. The next you're in a spooky forest lost for five years and no one knows where you are. So Transylvania. Transylvania one star. In a, nutsh- in, a- <laughs> in a nutshell, one star. <laughs> Got impaled there once. Took a long time. One star. <laughs> Got impaled. We'll the go sur- back. Yeah, the service was terrible. Slow impalement. <laughs> Ew. Oh. There were spiders everywhere. I don't know, man. It was just weird. And the chef oh, was so- dipping bread and blood. What is this? <laughs> One star. <sighs> Whatever I was going through my research too, you know, like those silly questions. Like we all ask each other, like, oh, if you could time travel, where would you go? No one says the 1400s. No Correct. one says the 1400s. <laughs> Nope. I would only go back if I had some kind of invisibility cloak because a well, <laughs> maybe invisibility suit because I don't think I could deal with the smells of the 1400s. Ooh. Like I'm a very Ooh. I think you'd come mm-hmm. back pretty changed. You'd see a lot. <laughs> I mean, I'm already changed after just hearing tonight's story. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was uh, that was rough. That was rough, y'all. Yeah, can you imagine <laughs> they do if they're like why are your teeth still in your mouth? Impalement. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. I like I like where I live now. It's a nice life. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty mad about Corona, but like 20 out of 20 would stay here. We're good. So yeah, that's the takeaway. It could be a lot worse. <laughs> could be, at least we can go outside and there's no impaled bodies and mm-hmm. spiders are not in our homes. Correct. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> don't do that to me. Not radioactive if, ones. Mm, that's fair. There could I'm be little baby bit, spiders. Mm-hmm. It might as well be radioactive because then I get a cool power out of it. You're not wrong. That's what it helps. Yes. Well, ladies, gentlemen, all of you people who listen to us, I think that's good. I think we covered Transylvania <laughs> as quick, quickly and as seamlessly as possible. We love our little group episodes, gives us a chance to actually talk and, you know, have a good shared topic. Um, Mm -hmm. And with that, we appreciate all of the love and support that you guys have given us. Um, We do want to try to reciprocate that and start a little fun thing. We would like to do a giveaway, um, but we need your help first. We do want to reach our goal of 100 Instagram followers. We are so, 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 so close So please tell your friends, tell your husbands, tell your wives, tell your kids to listen to (laughs) us and give us a follow on Instagram. Um, Once we do that, we will have a little giveaway. So again, get us to 100 followers. That's our goal. And with that, follow us on Instagram, Sinister Sunrise Podcast. Send us any topic ideas to SinisterSunrisePodcast at gmail.com. Because we know you're listening. We see all your listens on the Anchor apps and stuff, which is cool. But if you want to see our content and you want us to make more content, please give us a follow. I'm a Gemini. Yeah. I want your attention and I want it in numbers, okay? <laughs> I'm not too proud to beg. I'll do it. 
<laughs> love it. We love to see it. So thanks, guys, again. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. We love you. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.